I'm ready. Let's do it. Welcome one and all to episode 273 of the Mars Attacks podcast. I'm your host, Victor. And this time around, we have Mr. Chris Sinzak of the Decibel Geek podcast of the Rock and Pod Expo here to talk about the upcoming Rock and Pod retreat, talk about uh, next year's Rock and Pod Expo, a little information on that, talk about just music and hanging out and just having a good time. <laughs> talking about just different things, uh, different music and, and metal. Yes, we're talking metal on this show. Well, we're not the talking metal show, obviously, but uh, we're talking about metal. How about that? Maybe that's, that's what I should go with. We're talking about metal on Mars Attacks. So, yeah. Um, always fun to talk about Chris. I worked with him on updating the website for rock and pod. And, uh, I'm happy with how it came out. You guys get to check it out. Let me know. Let me know what you think. But, uh, yeah, a lot of things going on, you know, whether it's this show, whether it's the signals from Mars live stream, whether it's, um, fireside show more about that, more about that shortly. And just stuff that I do with, Patreon and, and different things. I try to, you know, I always try to roll with the punches and check out new things that are going on and see what makes sense for me to try out, to try to help get the show out there and try to get more people to listen. It's interesting when you see the numbers as to who's actually listened and how many people are subscribed to the show. That's always fluctuated throughout the years. And as much as I'd love those numbers to be bigger, I, I just don't see it happening unless I win the lottery and I can dump a ton of uh, money into promoting the show and, and doing something along those lines. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still having fun. I'm still having fun talking about music, talking metal, talking rock talking about all types of things. I actually spoke to uh, Mark Striegel not that long ago. You know, he checks in with me every now and then, and I'm always happy when he does so. Um, you know, uh, without Mark, I wouldn't be here. So, and I know that most of you guys that um, have XM or Sirius have been following him there and have been loving it. I've gotten people reach out to me and, and say, hey, you know, I listened to Mark today. And, you know, unfortunately, it's the same old, same old music. But hearing him talk and, and that just makes it all worthwhile. <laughs> so, yeah, well, you know, that's one of these gigs where, like any other radio station nowadays, you're, you're the personality that comes on between songs. And I'm being honest here. If I could get paid for doing that, yeah, I probably wouldn't complain too much. And I know that people, oh, you're fucking sellout, man. I, would, I wouldn't play that. I'd play Deicide at, at noon, man. It's like one of these things. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> you're getting paid to do a, a specific gig. 
And yeah, all right. So you'd love to do that. But the reality is, if you want to keep the gig, you got to kind of work within the confines of what they're asking you to do. So as much as people talk up a good game, it's one of these things within hard rock and metal and all the subgenres where everyone needs to show each everyone else up. And there's, you know, hey, this album isn't cool. This band isn't cool. And then when you're speaking to that some to that person one on one, they'll be like, well, you know, I don't mind this album by them. You know, I don't mind this other album by them. You know, they were good up until then. Yeah, so in other words, you're just being a, a, a sheep that needs to follow a trend and say, oh, uh, you know, I don't like them because so-and-so says I don't like them. Well, have you ever listed them? No, because I've heard that they're posers and they're blah, blah, blah. Okay, maybe you're the poser. Here's Jeremy Rotman with Patrons Pick. Hello everyone, and it's another patron's pick again, where I go through all the latest releases over the past week or so, and pick a few which I suggest you have a listen to. Certainly some things that stood out to me as I went through the the list. Most of them were listed by Victor on his website, Signals from Mars, uh, Mars Attacks Radio. Uh, And first of all, a big shout out to uh, Journey for their new single, Uh, They've just released a a song called Don't Give Up On Us, which very much has a sort of escape feel to it. I I think it's certainly a a classic journey sound. It's the fourth single off their new album, which is not due out until July the 8th. It's going to be called Freedom. It's a 15-track album. The band, of course, are obviously talking it up and saying that uh, it's a real throwback to classic era. The four tracks I've heard so far, are uh, they're all good, and I've ordered it. As, as well, I've pre-ordered it, so looking forward to that one. And uh, there's also some good new music out from Hypermass uh, over the past week. The album was called Empyrean. That's on their own label. Uh, there was also um, a band called Damp. They're the Swedish outfit. Um, they have released a sort of a Ramstein style, I guess. Certainly, the vocals is uh, they're a they're a sort of a, a um, that type of metal band. The uh, the album's called The Arrival. It's on Gramophone Records. That was also pretty good fun. There was um, also some sort of sleazy, punky metal from The Cruel Intentions. Their album, I quite enjoyed it. It was called Venomous Anonymous, and that was on indie recordings. Also, during the past week, just a few mentions, there were some other albums out, Bleed From Within, Guar. Uh, Memphis May Fire, all worth um, a bit of attention, but nothing really stuck out to me on those albums enough to su- suggest that I pick it as as the patron's pick for this week. In fact, for this week, I, I sort of delved into the Ripple Music label. Ripple, as you know, uh, or you may not know, uh, they're, um, they specialise in a lot of uh, doom and stoner rock. They also have some sort of classic uh, rock sounds, a lot of smaller bands, and they produce a lot of great stuff. I've certainly bought about probably five or six albums from them myself over the past sort of year and a half, two years. Their latest offering, or it's certainly not quite out yet, but it's out on June the 17th. It's uh, Valley of the Sun with um, their album, 
I'm just trying to find the name of the album. Uh, the single is Headlights, and the album is called The Chariot. They um, have released now three singles. They, the first single was The Chariot, the title track. Uh, there's another single called Devil I've Become, and the third single, Headlights. You can check out all three of these. You can certainly go to the Ripple Music site, uh, and I think the first two, are you can click into them, and they're, they're on YouTube. I think the third one may be on um, other the, uh, ways of downloading it. They're a really fun band, certainly in a sort of stoner, stroke classic rock style. Um, I know that Ripple themselves actually um, described them as a little bit sort of Alice in Chains, Soundgarden sounding. I like the, the groove. I like the guitaring. I certainly like the singing. Um, so this week's patrons pick, not quite out yet, but it's certainly something we'll all be looking out for. It's Valley of the Sun with The Chariot. Thank you, Jeremy, once again for the patron's pick. Patron's pick, of course, because Jeremy is one of my patrons. And he's a diehard who follows me pretty much everywhere. And usually takes part on Trivia Tuesday. Usually is there for the pre-show, which we're now going to be moving off of Fireside. And we're just going to make this show a little longer. Going to figure out what that first hour's worth of audio, what we're going to do with that. If we're going to be releasing that as a Patreon exclusive or if that will be something that will be, maybe we'll be releasing two podcasts a week. Hey, there's a thought. So anyway, I do want to thank my patrons because uh, they really help give me a kick in the ass week after week and keep me going here. Uh, let's go in alphabetical order here. We have my brother Art. We have Anthony Mackey in Ireland. We have Ed the Shred Ferguson. We have the metal politician Johan up in Sweden. Hope you're having a great time at Sweden Rocks. Hope to hear back from you regarding that shortly. We have out in California, Metal Dan. We have Jose in Connecticut. We have from the Chris and Amanda show, we have Chris Vaglio, a former Galaxy of Geeks co-host. We have the metal dentist, Gabriel Ruiz. We have the soon-to-be-retired Dr. Poison, Brad Dahl. We have our Mike Jones. We have Mr. Jeremy Weltman, who we just heard from. Twisted Steve Hoker. And we have Steven Saylor bringing up the rear. Uh, not last and not the least. Well, he's last on today's list, but... I appreciate Steven and I appreciate all the guys that, that support me here on Patreon. And you could join for as little as two bucks a month just to give you guys some insight as to things that have been posted. For example, today, a new Victor M. Ruiz podcast, which is exclusive to Patreon, was released. Also released an album of the week, which is Black Sabbath's Blackest Sabbath. Uh, greatest Hits album. Have you ever heard of that? Because I own it. And that's our album of the week. 
it's kind of like an unboxing where I show you guys the album and, you know, all the nice little knickknacks or doodads that come with it. Outside from that, a lot of new music from, let's see, this week I've posted videos from Hit the Ground Running, Soul Syndicate, Black Therapy, Shaman's Harvest, Generation Kill, Body Guerra, Demon Hunter, Haunt, Bleed from Within, The Halo Effect, Guar, Municipal Waste, Amana Marth, uh, Eluvetie. I always wonder if I pronounced that correctly. Clean Break, Jason Beeler, and the Baron Von Belsky's Orchestra. And uh, in between a bunch of different questions, I posted a question about uh, bands that people would love to hear more from. Uh, I posted something based on Ryan J. Downey's Speak and Destroy newsletter where he posted um, album sales for the week of June 6th and or the previous week. What's today? Today's the um, the 10th. So the thirds, the albums that came out on the third, they're their sales. So the Def Le- when the Def Leppard album came out, I'm messing this up. But anyway, so I found that interesting and I talk a little bit about that or posted about that. And uh, I also announced the next Patreon get together, next patron get together, which will be next Friday on June 17th. And we will be talking about thrash metal and my patrons are voting on their 10 favorite thrash metal bands of all time. You want to be part of that show? Do you want your vote to be counted? Got to become a patron. So just go to uh, patreon.com forward slash Mars Attacks podcast, and you'll find out all of the great information about how you too can become a patron and join us for all these great patron discussions. Uh, without further ado, we're going to jump to my interview with Mr. Chris Sinzak of the Rockin' Pod Expo of the Decibel Geek Podcast, and we're going to talk about everything he's got going on and a bunch of other stuff, you know, as you've become accustomed when he comes on the show. Let's do it. Welcome, one and all, to the June. I said January before with the uh, with the pre-show. I got my J's mixed up here. The June third edition of the Signals from Mars live stream, brought to you by the Mars Attacks podcast. And joining me, is Mr. Chris Sinzak from Decibel Geek Podcast and Rock and Pod Expo and Retreat. How are you, sir? Good. How are you doing, man? I am doing well. Say hello to Jose in the chat. Yes, back after a few weeks. And um, first and foremost, before talking about anything else, um, you have the uh, Rock and Pod Retreat coming up in July. Yeah. And just to give people an idea of what the differences between the Rock and Pod Retreat and the Rock and Pod Expo. Sure. So, um, so, you know, as, as a lot of people know, we, 
we pushed the main expo off to next year uh, for a variety of reasons, but uh, some personal, some others. And then, um, but so we're working on that behind the scenes and that'll be the full convention. It'll probably be bigger than ever. Um, but uh, we didn't want to kind of let 2022 go and not do anything. So um, one thing that like w- the last couple of times we've done rock and pod, we've in- introduced a education track where we had speakers and stuff talk about, how shows can, you know, build their audience and their brand and stuff. And I'm always happy to put that on, but also I don't get to be as hands-on with it as I'd like to. I tend to let others run that part of it. And also a lot of the podcasts that come to the expo don't get a chance to see some of these speaking sessions because they're busy interviewing people all day. So I thought we would do kind of a one-day event to, uh, there would be a, a way of everybody hanging out again, but also get something valuable for it in the mornings. So uh, for the morning session, we're going to have several speakers that are going to be speaking on how to build your podcast, how to build your brand, get double your listenership. Um, We're working on some other guests now. We've gotten four that we've announced so far. Um, One thing that a lot of podcasts have trouble with is, you know, going through PR companies and agents to try to get the guests that they want because they get hit up all the time by podcasters and we have uh, Susan Hamilton coming in who's uh, she's a PR rep so she's going to basically tell you here's what we look for and this is what you can do to kind of stand out from the crowd got David Hooper who's going to do he does does a build a big podcast that's his whole brand he's done several books speaks at events and um, he's going to be doing a talk on how to double your your listenership Um, then we have Larry Roberts, who he's all about brand building. He's great at, at uh, you know, knowing how to market yourself because mm-hmm. you can put out the greatest podcast ever. But if you don't know how to get it out to the masses, then you're kind of spinning your wheels if you're looking to build your audience. So branding is very important. And uh, so he's going to help with that. And then we just announced uh, Rob Walsh, who is the senior vice president of uh, podcasters at Libsyn, which is Libsyn's one of the top, I think, two hosting companies out there and uh, Rob lives here in Nashville and it's been nice to get to know him. We went out for coffee recently and, and he had, we had a great conversation and and Rob's been doing podcasting since like 2004. He was like one of the first people doing it. Right. And he's going to, he's going to do an interesting talk of what not to do. Basically there's, there's a lot of people out there and, and, and companies that will say, do this and you'll be successful. He's going to basically he's going to dismiss some of that stuff and show you what not to waste your time on, which one thing, and I'm looking forward to hearing his explanation for this though, was uh, the people saying rate and review my podcast every week. It has no bearing on your rankings in the Apple charts. And he's going to explain why that is. Right. Yeah. We'll we'll do that in the morning. And then um, mid afternoon, uh, everybody just walk five minutes to the musicians hall of fame and if you haven't seen that, it's it's a really awesome venue with all kinds of great music history. And, you know, it's Nashville. And, yeah, there is country stuff there, but there's R&B, there's rock, there's even metal stuff in there. They, It's oh, wow. all types of music. And um, <clears throat> it's, it's like mixing boards and clothing and guitars and all kinds of gear. And if you're, you know, if you're doing a podcast, you're a music nerd. So you're going to love that. Right. <laughs> it's, a, it's a guided tour. Uh, Jay McDowell is the curator there who was also in a band that was kind of locally famous, BR549, back in the 80s. So he's going to do the guided tour for our attendees. And then we finish out the night with an awesome concert with uh, Power Slave, who's an amazing Iron Maiden tribute band, and Rock United, uh, who basically has played every rock and pod event we've ever done. So we'll keep that tradition going. Sure. Why stop now? 
Yeah, no, they're, they're, they're solid, reliable, and they're good guys. Well, that's awesome. Um, yeah, what you uh, pointed out from, um, got to make sure that I don't mess my names up, uh, like Larry Robinson, which I think, uh, or Larry Robinson. Robinson. Yeah, Larry Robinson was a hockey player and hockey coach. Um, well, and you also said Larry Miller when we were working on the website. L- Larry Miller. Okay, that's <laughs> the one that I screwed up. I was going to say, it's it's Rob uh, Walsh, you said, right? Yeah. From Libson. So that's to me is a very interesting topic. What not to do because there's so there are so many groups, specifically on Facebook. Join my group to um, you know, I will give you success in your podcast. Just buy my book. Right. And the only one that's getting su- success in that group is the guy who's selling the book, it seems like. You know, it isn't yeah, it, it isn't helping you podcast anymore. Well, it's helping you make your your bank account lighter, your pocket a little lighter, but right. uh, outside of that, you know, it's, so that's, that's interesting. And that's a guy that, you know, like you're saying was there with the Adam Curry's of the world mm-hmm. at the beginning, you know, so it predates all of us and uh, obviously part of Libsyn. So he's a hell of a lot more successful than, than I am. Um, so, and, and the majority of us, to be frank. Um, so that's, that's an awesome conversation uh, to, to hear that. Uh, do you think, and maybe this is, this is more of a behind the scenes type of a question, but have you thought of uh, doing like a live stream of this, maybe doing some, something where people would pay to watch these speakers from home? Mm-hmm. I don't know about live stream, but we are looking at finding a way to to uh, record the video of of them and then have those available also. But uh, right. but I mean, obviously, want to cr- encourage people to actually be there on the ground. That's the big right. thing. And, and um and you know, and like I said, it's you get all the business stuff handled in the morning, and then the rest of the day it's just going to be a fun hang. And that's right. You know, if, if Rock and Pod's known for anything, that's one of the main things is that it's just a fun thing to hang out at. So we're going to keep that spirit alive with the rest of the day with the museum tour and then with the concert. So it should be fun. And then, you know, we might have like a barbecue or something the next day. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, that's not going to be like an announced thing, but, you know, there'll be other stuff going on. We're even looking at doing maybe like a cocktail mixer the night before or something. So it'll, it'll wind up being a whole weekend thing. I'm just trying not to run myself into the ground doing it, you know, <laughs> like I always do. I was going to say, that's not something that you normally do. Oh no. no I'm never stressed at all over these things. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. So if people want to find out about the rock and pod retreat, best place to go is um, where? Uh, rockandpod.com thanks to uh the brilliant work of the guy on the other camera here uh yeah put all the the cool information on there made it look nice and yeah it's uh, it looks great and uh yeah rockandpod.com that you can get all the information on the speaking sessions you can get the links to the tickets also if if you're watching this and you're not a podcaster and you don't really care about the morning sessions and you're like i, I really don't want to go to that but i'd like to see my friends and go to the concert. We do have a separate link if you just want to buy a concert ticket and hang out at the concert. So it, everybody's welcome, but also it's for the morning sessions, the whole package that's open, not just to music podcasters. If you're a podcaster or a content creator, a streamer, any kind, you're going to get valuable information out of this. Yeah, that's that's another interesting thing is that the the wealth of information that's going to be shared 
is something that can be used across the board. You know, mm. I don't think any rock podcast or um, a movie podcast or sports podcast, you know, obviously if you have someone uh, like an Eddie trunk, if you have a Chris Jericho, somebody who's already famous before Mm -hmm. they came to podcasting, that's something different. But for an independent podcaster that's looking to get a jump on other shows to kind of, you know, uh, differentiate themselves from the pack. These, these people that you're going to have speaking there, their knowledge can be applied to anything, you know, because successful for someone to get their shows known, who's, you know, doing the stuff that me and you do, um, someone that's doing a, a show on, uh, uh, I don't know, um, Nashville sports, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know, or, or the Nashville entertainment, you know, in general, I'm, I'm sure that the same types of, um, tools that they, that they're offering people can be leveraged with all these other, sure. you know, um, categories. Yeah. And it's, um, and I'm not making it super public about this, but like if you're a podcaster that wants to do the expo next year too, you know, we do the platinum package where that includes getting into the interview pool and you get your own table and that's kind of the full, the whole shebang for a podcaster. If you want to come to, to the expo, if you come to this, you're going to get a significant discount on your registration for next year's expo. And also you'll be first in line to get a platinum package because those those sell out every year pretty quickly too because we only have so much room so that's that's another benefit if you're a podcaster and you want to do the expo you can go ahead and save yourself some money and also kind of get an extra trip to nashville out of the way too notice that chris is offering you something tangible this isn't like an oprah winfrey thing where (laughs) Look under your seat. Hey, everyone's getting two box sets. No. Uh, anyway. Uh, I'll say what you did there. <laughs> Let's anyway. not go down that path, please. We're not. Uh, <laughs> but what I'm saying is you're offering people a head start again at yes. being at next next year's Rockin' Pod. Yeah. And that's going to be, that's, that's always like, you know, the party of the year. And uh, it'll be the first time we do it in the spring. We're doing it in April next year. So that'll be. That'll be cool. And also, you know, I think we're going to, I had several people when I made the announcement saying, well, now I can finally go now that it's in the spring and not in August like usual. So, you know, we might have a whole new crop of folks want to join up for this. So there's the demand's going to be high for, for table space, you know, don't make that joke, but uh, it's a, uh, but it, you know, if you want to get in early that come into the retreats, a good way to do it. And um, meeting these speakers, it's also a good networking connection uh, opportunity. So, you know, meeting Rob Waltz from Libsyn and, you know, these other speakers. And we have more that we're going to announce. It's going to be a really cool day. But, yeah, it's, you know, get a jump on it now while you can and, uh, you know, help us keep the name going and uh, get a a head start on next year, which that's, you know, we're already doing stuff behind the scenes on that. Excellent. See, so I'm not the only one that's uh, throwing in these little comments that insider baseball. Uh, Anyway. (laughs) It is the law uh, of the jungle. Yeah, there you go. Um, anyway, so cool. So uh, Brad is saying now, now you're making me think I need to try and attend this. We'd love so, to have Brad. I love Yard Metal. See, there, there you go, Brad. 
you've got you've got a fan in Nashville. Absolutely. So, um, with with regards to um, Decibel Geek, mm-hmm. uh, you guys are having a live show later tonight. Yeah. Um, any any exciting news you can share about tonight's show or anything else that maybe you have uh, that that's in the works that maybe you could uh, talk to us about? Well, I mean, tonight it, I mean, I'm just happy that we're finally getting to do a live stream again. It's been the last few weeks have been kind of difficult for Aaron and I between stuff that we're committed to. And, you know, Aaron was at the uh, creatures fest thing last weekend. And then, um, but yeah, tonight we're having uh, Andrew Scambatti on who does the greatest show on earth movies. He's got a new one coming out next week. So we're going to have him on and, and it's centered around, um, the kiss hot in the shade tour. So, uh, so I decided we would just do a whole hot in the shade era discussion and, you know, we'll plug the movie and everything. And I think we're going to, we're even going to show a sneak peek of it. I've actually got to see it because we're having him on the show and it's really, really cool. But, uh, but yeah, but like the, the, I mean, technically smashes, thrashes and hits was the first kiss album I bought brand new, uh, after I became a fan, but this was the first studio album I ever bought brand new and it was my first kiss concert. So, I'm I'm always happy to revisit that era, and, and we're going to do a bracket brawl with the songs on the album, so that'll be fun too. And and you know what lyric appears on that album? Yeah, the one I just referenced. <laughs> Although Aaron promoted the the episode with uh, the cringiest lyrics on the whole record, which was uh, from "Read My Body." It was you'll tune in tonight, and you'll see how good it can get and how far it can go. I was like, oh, oh boy, yeah. Well. And then people complain about uh, uh, log in the fireplace, but uh, <laughs> oh, there's plenty of there's plenty of evidence of cringy kiss lyrics everywhere. But that, I mean, that's why we love them, right? Right, absolutely. Um, <laughs> what's what's your guess as to what song ends up on top at the end of the night? It's kind of hard to say. I mean, that one. You know, I guess I've, I've, the obvious choices would be, well, with our crowd that watches our live stream, I doubt Forever is going to win because it's a lot of rock guys that don't care about ballads. So maybe, I guess you the ones in contention would probably be Rise to It, uh, Hide Your Heart, you know, the singles. But those are not my favorite song. I'm not going to reveal that now, but I mean, who knows? I don't think Cadillac Dreams is going to win. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you my sleeper pick. How about that? What's that? Little Caesar. It might. It has a good shot. It is a. It is a cool song. Sentimental um, value with Eric's only. You know, outside of singing, Beth is his only lead vocal yeah. in the band. So there's you know specialness to that, obviously. The dead rock star thing always uh, escalates people to uh, another level, so uh, that's why I'm I'm going with Little Caesar. We'll see at the end of the night where things go. Now, purposely, people will pick against that. <laughs> I've doomed the track. Yeah, you ruined it. No, I yeah, I don't know. It could be. I, I I think it'll be a deep cut though that'll win. I don't think it'll be one of the singles. It might, maybe it will be. I don't know. I think a lot of people are sick of "Hide Your Heart" though, and "Forever" won't win because it's a ballad. If I'm putting out best, well, most well written song on the record, I think "Forever" probably should take it. But that's me. I like the ballads. Yeah, um, I have to think that. 
Betrayed or Somewhere Between Heaven and Hell are probably the two songs that I've played the most off of that album. I like both of those. And I like yeah. The Street Giveth and The Street Taketh Away. I thought, I like yeah. that one too. I like a lot of Gene songs on that record. I uh, Well, I have to say, and I know we've gone back and forth about this. Uh, actually, I'm wearing a... Um, uh, Animalize. Animalize. Nice. Yeah. This was uh, a re... Uh, re-edition. This is actually the cover of the Animalize uh, live album. Nice. Uh, or the VHS. They actually did like a run of reissued t-shirts last year here in Europe. Did, uh, did you buy it from Kiss? No. It's well, that's, from- why, that, that's why you received it. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is from... Uh, there's a company... The biggest rock and metal store is called EMP. They're from Germany. Uh, I hate their shipping politics, but they have a lot of cool licensed apparel. And this is one of the things that they did last year. Uh, They did this, um, uh, this, and they did a a woman's like um, half shirt, basically Mm. like a fluorescent yellow. And, uh, and I actually wore this purposely to see if I got any, uh, uh, Danny Carey uh, comments tonight, but uh, <laughs> um, you are Danny Carey's doppelganger for sure. <laughs> if only, if only I had his wallet, I'd be at yeah. Rocky Pod. Um, <laughs> exactly. Uh, before we started up tonight, you actually mentioned that uh, Ken Kelly passed away. Who's yeah? Uh, I, I saw it we, like yeah. I saw it um, like literally 10 minutes before we went on air. Um, it was, yeah, you know, famous for the Destroyer and Love Gun covers, but also did Rainbow, um, you know, did the Aces, I think, Space Invader album. And I think he did some Man of War stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very sad. I mean, amazing artist, you know, definitely. Uh, and seemed like it was really good to the fans. You know, he appeared at some Kiss conventions yeah, over yeah. the last few years. I, I met him in Atlanta at the 2018 one. Um, and he was super nice. Yeah, just a great artist. Sad that he's gone. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Space Invader, you're right. I said Anomaly. That's wrong. Anomaly has um, Ace's cheap graphics. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Where he looks like Roy Orbison with Kiss makeup. <laughs> Such a weird cover. As 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 opposed to, well, I'm not going to get into it. I was going to say Spaceman. But... Um, you know, I don't mind that one because he it was kind of a, a uh, callback to that 78 photo sessions with the silver suit on it. I thought it was at least clever, at least. The, the title, not so much. Um, I look at that cover and I think of the conversation that I've that I had with my oldest son earlier this week. You know, mom keeps giving me these clothes that I don't fit into anymore. I feel like a sausage in this. So I look at Ace <laughs> in that and I'm thinking, okay, it was cool for... What um, that was what Love Gun when he did the silver originally. I, I think it was like this when they were promoting the solo albums. When okay, they, yeah, when I they knew it was somewhere yeah. between that and Dynasty. Yeah, seventy eight. Yeah, I'm 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 hoping that uh, that that was a, a new suit and not trying to fit into the old one. Oh, no, there's no way that was the old suit. <laughs> I'm sure of that. But, I mean, they shot him from a flattering angle. It wasn't bad. Yeah. Now, the, the, the fact that, it, that he named it Spaceman and then also that Gene came up with that, like it was some brilliant idea. Hey, Ace, let's call your album Spaceman. Wow, who would have thought of that? I mean, come yeah, on. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, well, let's see. Do I have this? What, what I'm looking for? Let's see. Well, I'm waiting for him to fall off the wagon, and then he does an album drunk and calls it Space Bar. <laughs> uh, I didn't have this queued up fast enough. Um, oh, I've got it too. I just didn't. I didn't have my my trigger finger ready. And yeah, that didn't even deserve a drum roll. But thanks. Well, I was I was looking for this. Let's see if if you can hear this when it comes to uh, the whole spaceman idea. I love, I love the, the sound, sound of my own voice, and sometimes <laughs> I get carried away. It was very echoey, but I got I could make it out. Okay. Yeah, he does, and he does. Yes. So <laughs> I think you should. Oh, name yeah, well, if we we'll talk a little bit of, did you see like the the new stuff they've added to the stage? I got to give them credit on that. They've actually been at least trying to do some some cool stuff with the the statue inflatables on the sides, and then the. Right. The, I, the guy that created the rock and pod logo with the uh, headphones and the lightning bolts, that's the same guy that created the cats that are on uh, Eric's drum kit now. Right. That's, but is that a case where the band went out of their way to have that done? Or was it that he approached the band and said, Hey, I've recreated Peter's old cats. Oh, no. From the 70s. no, that, that guy's a great guy, but he would not do something like that for free. He doesn't, he doesn't do anything for free. Trust me. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I'm sure they came to him with it, but I don't know. I don't, I'm still not, I'm still not buying a ticket to go see him anymore, but it was at least they're giving it a shot to do something with, real props on the stage. And I, you know, I'll give him credit for that. I thought that was cool. Um, chances of us seeing Ace Peter and Bruce before the end of all of this. At the last show, maybe. I think, I mean, I yeah, I think they, they kind of, last weekend's events probably, well, with the exception of one of them, um, I think put, will push them to do something with the remaining members of the band, um, at least for the last show. They'll do a stadium show somewhere, I'm sure, and it'll they'll have a, they'll bring up people because that'll be like the one show where they do recognize the diehards. Because right now it's it's still just, although I'm giving them credit for the stuff on stage because like with the cats and stuff, and I think they are finally starting to cater a little bit to the diehards now. If they would actually mix up the set list a little bit, I think that would be even better, but. Um, but yeah, they'll, I think, I, I think it's a safe assumption that Ace, Peter and Bruce would probably be a part of some final show. Okay. So let's, let's look at, um, real quickly here, what their last set list was on this tour. If Google look up any set list over the last two years and that's pretty well, much yeah. I know they, they did bring out tears are falling again. I heard that. Did they? Okay. Yeah, so that's cool. Um, okay, so June first, they played. Oh wow, they played twenty. Okay, so God gave rock and roll to you was on was recorded. Okay, so they played twenty three songs. Mm-hmm. A few partials, it looks like. So they did Detroit Rock City, shouted out loud, Deuce, War Machine, Heavens on Fire. Uh, I love it loud. Say yeah. Cold Gin. Well, I guess guitar solo they're counting as a track here. Uh, lick It Up. Calling Dr. Love. Tears Are Falling. Uh, Psycho Circus Partial. But I mean, does partial mean that because they truncated the intro maybe, that long 
Jack in the Box. <laughs> That's um, weird. I wonder why it says that. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Usually they play the whole song. The drum solo, hundred thousand years, partial outro only. Huh. Uh, bass solo, God of Thunder, Love Gun. I was made for loving you. Black Diamond. The encore was Beth. Do you love me? And rock and roll all night. Yeah. And do you love me should stay out of the set list. I just, I've that song has never done anything for me. Okay. So here's my question to you. If you could take three songs out of this and add any three songs. Yeah. What would they be? Well, the ones I would take, do you love me would have to go. Um, I would also take out, I was made for loving you. Not that it's not a good song, but I think it's I think it's worn out its welcome. It was kind of like, oh, wow, that's cool. They're bringing that back out. Now it's just standard in the set list. And I get in Europe, they have to play it because it was such a big hit. But I this is just me for my own enjoyment. Uh, I would take that out. And then I guess I would take Lick It Up out at this point. I mean, I, does anyone need to hear that song live again? I don't know. I just... That and you know, a lot of people bitch about I Love It Loud, but I still think that that song is tailor made for concerts, so I don't have a problem with that one. But Lick It Up, it's just the only thing cool. And a lot of the thing I like about when they do Lick It Up Live is the thing most people hate where they add the Won't Get Fooled Again part in the middle of it. I think that's the coolest part of the song, which tells <laughs> me I'm really sick of the song, right? So, those would be the three I would take out and then put in, uh, Come On and Love Me, I would probably put in, and well, they didn't have Tears Are Falling on that list. Either Tears Are Falling or uh, Crazy no, Crazy Tears Nights. Tears Are Falling is on the list. It is on the list. Okay. Uh, Crazy Crazy Nights was in the list, and they took it out and put Do You Love Me in, which is a dud. Uh, I would have them do Crazy Crazy Nights. and But the, I'm just thinking of stuff they typically would play live, so obviously I'm not going to say they should add, you know, Mr. Blackwell. They're not going to do that. Um <laughs> I don't know. Maybe uh, I don't think of stuff they've played live that I know they could pull off. Uh, one thing I would bring back, and it's a total filler track, but it was cool when they did it in 2004, would be All the Way from Hotter Than Hell. I thought that always came off good when they played it live then. Right. Or either that or um, Love Her All I Can. That That one was good on that tour, too. Either one of those would be a good pick. Absolutely. What about you? What would you do? Um, honestly, I'd take Shout It Out Loud out because... You're sick of it? <laughs> yeah, sick of it. I'm not crazy about it these days either. Um, I'd honestly put um, King of the Nighttime World back in there to kind of do That's a good you know, that and Detroit Rock City back to back. Um. I'd take War Machine out. Oh, I wouldn't. I'd, I'd, I'd personally prefer to hear Creatures of the Night over hearing War Machine. I'm weird. At, I, I don't think that song's that great, Creatures of the Night. It's okay, but it's one of my least favorite albums on that. It's one of my least favorite songs on that record. It's uh, right, right down here that Chris is not to be invited to any. Uh, <laughs> I'm not saying it's. I'm not saying it sucks. I'm just, but I don't think they ever really, other than the revenge lineup, I don't think they ever really pulled it off that well. 
So how how different would this be as opposed to that lineup? You've got Eric Singer on drums. Mm-hmm. I think Tommy would do a decent job at it. They've tried it. They've they played it in Australia a few times, and it and it sounded and Tommy couldn't pull off the lead parts. Okay, well, yeah, maybe that's why you need Bruce to come back for that final show. Preaching to the choir. Um, let's see. Um, honestly, and I, and I know that people w- would be uh, would give me a Michael James Jackson response, say, huh? Um, but I would take say yeah out and I would actually put, and, and I don't know why they never tried to play this song live. They should have tried to play the song freak live mm. as opposed to, to say, yeah, because no. I think that it's, there's more of an anthemic thing to that song where I think you could get people like after hearing the first course uh once if they're not familiar with it where they would be like oh wow yeah you know this song represents mm-hmm. me you know i'm i'm a kiss fan i'm a freak i'm you know all right so, i don't know well i mean yeah you know i got lots of love for the monster record i that, that's one of my favorite kiss records so i i would i'd be happy to hear that or uh i liked it when they did modern day delilah live i thought that came off pretty good live i i don't get you know, the, the attitude that they have. I mean, I don't want to go full maiden where the whole show is monster, Mm -hmm. but I think they've lost sight of what they used to do in that, you know, when they toured every album up until, you know, up until uh, even psycho circus, they did it to an extent. They played four to five songs off of every new album, at least early in a tour to try them out. Yeah, but yeah. now they don't. They don't. The, even for Monster, they I think the most. I guess they did do a few um, in Europe when they started it. <laughs> it didn't come off well, but uh, I, you know, but yeah, they they did that especially in the eighties. Then you know they were really trying to reshape their identity, so they would, yeah. you know, between Lick It Up and Animalize and Asylum, they would always try to break out you know, some of the cooler tracks from the albums. But the the one that still baffles me is they tour on Crazy Nights and they feature they feature No 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 and Bang Bang You, which are like two of the weakest songs on that record. <laughs> and then you release Turn On The Night, which is a good pop rock song and you never play it live. I, I just do not understand that. Except for the video, which took them like eight hours to record. Right. <laughs> to get all the, all the shots they wanted. Yeah, it's just so that that always is like no 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 other than Bruce and Eric's cool intro, that song sucks. I don't I don't think that song's any good at all. And Bang Bang You is a, an abomination. That song's awful. They they should have I mean, not for nothing, but they should have done the um uh Eddie Trunk used to always play I'll fight hell to hold you. Used to mm-hmm. play that all the time. That would have been a better single, I think. That would have been tough to sing live, though. Only one tour, though. Yeah. Uh, the other one is the um, the song that uh, Wendy O. Williams did first, "Thief in the Night." Yeah, I love their version of that song. Yeah, and that's that's more up their alley than um, what was the third single off the oh, "Reason Reason to Believe." Reason to live. 
reason to live, Jesus. That goes to show how... Uh, well, that was my gateway song, so I can't talk too much trash about it. <laughs> well, you're the ballad guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, cool. Um, so you think we'll get deep cuts for that final show? Oh, deep cuts? No. I think we'll get... I think you might get some ex-members on stage, but no. I mean, you might get Ace doing Shock Me, and you might, and you know, Peter would come out and do Beth, but you know, I, I wouldn't, you know, and everyone, even if they announce like X members coming for the final show, it's people are going to start getting pie in the sky, happy and, and getting their hopes up all over. What are they going to do? What are they going to, it's like, don't with kiss. It's better to go in with lower expectations. Like don't, don't expect them to break out, you know, yeah. Saint and center live or some shit. I mean, they're not going to do that. <laughs> uh, I think what would make most sense if people want to see something like that is have Ace's band do a set, have Bruce's band do a no. set and then have kiss play. And then the encore have uh, Bruce come out for tears are falling or forever. Right. Or maybe both have, um, have Ace would probably come out and do shock me in 2000 man. Yeah. And and then Peter would, you know, they'd probably do similar to what they did with Unplugged. Yeah, nothing to lose. lose. Yeah, and then finish it off with rock and roll all night. I mean, yeah. it's already, you, it's easy to see what they would do, but yeah. if they're smart, that's what they would do. Get Ace and Bruce to both do full sets to open the show. Right, um, and that way you feed everyone. You know, yeah. that way you end up appeasing all of the fan base, not just, yeah. you know. Well, and and there's some people that are like, well, there's not that much demand for, for Ace or Bruce. And I'm thinking it's a kiss show though. And like, yeah. surely there's more demand for them than some dude getting up there painting stuff. I would have to, I would have I to concur so. with you. <laughs> uh, see now let's, let's hype, hypothetically speaking, the door is closed for the other, uh, person that appeared at the unmentionable festival or oh, we can talk about it. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> let's, 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 let's say this. Okay. Let's say that the only way that they allow Vinny to come up and play is if he goes out there and does a set with the invasion. <laughs> Never happened. No, he won't. He he'll never work with Mark Slaughter or Dana Strum again. I can guarantee you that. Okay. And, and and more importantly, Mark and Dana would never work with him again. What about with Robert? Robert, he could get Robert on board. He's pulled him into a couple of things already, and for some, I don't know why, but Robert keeps getting falling for the bait and going back to him. I don't know why he does it because Robert's a smart guy and he's a good guy, but. I don't know. It's like he, you'll think he's done with him and then he'll next thing you know, he's doing something with Vinny. And I'm like, Oh, but I don't know. It's their friendship. I can't really speak on that. Yeah, so yeah. who knows? Maybe there's a bigger friendship there between the two of them than, than I'm giving it credit for. But right. I don't, I don't know. I do know that, that just from, well, I do know that certain ex bandmates of his got lots of good laughs out of what took place last weekend. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Okay, um, let's let's say if there was anything remotely like the invasion involved, 
Uh, is it more likely that we would see Carmine Apiece playing with Vinny? Um, Andre, <laughs> no. Andre LaBelle? No. Uh, Bobby Rock? Bobby's such a nice guy, I could see him doing it, just because Bobby is always about giving somebody a second chance. He's just too good of a human to say no to it. And okay. When I interviewed him, he was like, I just, I wish I could sit in a room and talk to him and hash things out. Even after everything that he got put through, he was still willing to, because Bobby's just a, a very Zen like person. So I I could, I could see Bobby working with him again. Sure. Um, who would play bass? Oh, I don't know. It wouldn't be Dana. I can tell you that much. Tony Um, Franklin. No, it, it is from what I know, Carmine and Tony were like never again when the whole thing went down before. Yeah, they, they're they not getting pulled into anything with Vinny. Billy Sheehan. Billy's such a nice guy. I wouldn't be shocked if he did do it. Okay. Um, and Billy's not afraid to play with other people is, is clearly evidenced everywhere. But uh, <laughs> and I'm not knocking him for it. Um, but. Yeah, I could see Billy being the nice guy that he is saying, yeah, I'll give it a shot. I could see that. Okay. I think he would regret it, but I could see it happening. Just one show. That's that's all we're saying. Opening for Kiss, one show, 20 minutes, because, I mean, we've, we've got to, you know, manage expectations here. I would think that he would get 20 minutes. Bruce's band would get 50 40. minutes. Ace yeah. would get an hour and then Kiss. It's interesting to think about, but I mean, the Paul Stanley factor would keep Vinny from being anywhere near that, yeah. the stadium for it. I'm just saying dream scenario. I don't yeah, think yeah. if, if, if Paul wasn't in the way and Gene was the one having to make the call, Gene is such a softy and willing to yes. let bygones be bygones. I think it would happen because he'd let him come to that vault thing. Yeah, yeah. I know. He, I know that he regretted it later, but. I still think Gene would be like, yeah, maybe. I still think Gene wishes the original band was still together. I th- I think I think it was quite evident that it didn't even take five minutes for Gene to realize, yeah, this hasn't changed. <laughs> yeah, it didn't take long. I think he knew before before you know ahead of time from what right. I've heard. Um, real quickly, I picked out some news stories here that I wanted to throw your way and see, uh, what you thought about them. I uh, need to do this kind of rapid fire style. I'm running out of time here. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no problem. Okay. Um, priest has just kicked off their European tour. No leather, no spikes. I, I saw a headline about it. I haven't got a chance to look at it yet, but that that's interesting. Maybe they're like, well, fuck all this. We're just going to dress the way we want. I don't, and that doesn't mean anything to me. As long as they play the songs, that, I think that that's fine. They've earned that right. Yeah. I think, I think they look kind of cool actually. Um, yeah. uh, you've got Ian Hill here with a Judas priest t-shirt. Uh, everyone is wearing t-shirts except for uh, Andy. Who's, deciding that he needs to look like a, a waiter kind of with the button down shirt. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, I think it looks all right. Personally, I, I have no issue with it. Like you said, as long as they sound good. Yeah. That, uh, I, I stopped worrying about Judas Priest's image a long time ago. <laughs> um, Anthrax is releasing the 40th anniversary live stream on Blu-ray CD and digital. Uh, did anyone drop the ball more than Anthrax did with yeah. the show after 
leading us on with that uh, documentary, bringing all these former members back and making you think, holy shit, they're going to be playing. You know, they're going to do this 40th anniversary. It's going to be all eras. It's going to have songs with everyone that was there. And then Mm-mm. this event goes down and the only person they brought was Chuck D. Yeah. I thought the, the documentary is the best part of the whole thing. You know, watch that and, and hear the cool stories, but the, the live stream it's, and I love anthrax. And so I know yeah. you do too, but yeah, I was, I was pretty let down like you were with that. It's just like, ah, they had a golden opportunity to do something really special and they, they kind of yes. dropped the ball on that. And let's be honest, these, these live streams, when I spoke to uh, John Bush about this, he started laughing, didn't want to answer at first, but then kind of agreed with me. Yeah. These live streams aren't really live. They're mostly done in, you know, rehearsal spaces or studios or stages. Oh, yeah. and they're piecing together the best takes out of what they've done. So they could have theoretically shot that whole thing over a series of weeks to accommodate everyone's schedule. Yeah, and they should have. Such a such a huge missed opportunity. Yeah, uh, I, won't be, I won't be buying that one. <laughs> and the last thing that I wanted to uh, get your opinion on here, uh, Great White parts ways with Mitch Malloy, brings in Andrew Freeman. What, what are your thoughts on that? It's no big loss to great white. I mean, I, I never thought Mitch fit in that band anyway. I mean, Mitch is talented and he's got a good look and everything, but uh, he never fit the band. You know, you need the edgy bluesy vocals of Jack Russell to work, make that work. And I love Andrew Freeman. I've, you know, I love him and a lot of the stuff he's done. He, he's kind of like the utility guy that a lot of bands bring in and he, and he usually does great, but Great White is one of those weird situations where if you don't sound like Jack Russell, it's not going to sound like Great White. I didn't think Terry sounded right in Great White either. It's Jack is the voice of that band, whether those guys want to admit it or not. um, It's never going to sound the right way without him. So I think Andrew's a great choice, but there's, but that's the thing that Jack Russell has such a distinguished, you know, indistinguishable voice from anyone else that, It's never going to quite live up to what it could. Um, but no, I mean, you know, Mitch is going to resurrect Van Halen according to what he said. So well, that's what I was just going to, just going to ask you, would you pay to see Mitch Malloy's Van Halen experience? No. Would you see them if you were comp to ticket? Mm, no, probably not. Yeah. No, I don't. What's the point? I don't, I, I, and there's a lot of great Van Halen. Tri- I don't, I don't know. I, it, Mitch is a nice guy. I've met him several times when he lived here in Nashville and I'm not trying to put him down as a person, but it, this comes off sleazy to me. It's like, he's capitalizing off of being, being an audition for Van Halen, not even being a member. And I don't, yeah, I just don't think it's cool. I, I wish he wouldn't go this route. I mean, if, if you like the stuff you write, then put out your stuff, but don't be capitalizing off of Van Halen. I, I just, I don't like it. It get, leaves me feeling dirty when I think about it. Yeah. The other thing too, is if you think about it, Gary Sharon has more of a claim. He does. Gary Sharon's Van Halen experience. Yeah. Because he actually sung and toured with the band. Yeah. You know, what's yeah. what's next? Patty Smythe's Van Halen experience. Um, you know, <laughs> how many other people that do we know of that 
that actually tried to, uh, you know, that audition to be in the band. And, you know, this is something we kind of talked about um, on the phone a few days back, but you're 100% right. You know, we're, we've all been in situations where, you know, you jam with someone or you're out talking to someone and you're at the bar, you've had a few drinks in you, you're a little friendly that night and you say, Mm -hmm. yeah, let's put the band back together again. Yeah, or, or I mean, let's gotta record together, you know. And then, like a few days later, when it all sinks in, you're like, "Yeah, that's not happening." All right? You know? Yeah, reality sets in. So, I mean, I don't, I don't doubt that Eddie may have told him, "Hey, I want you to be the guy." Right. But what condition was Eddie in when he said this? And I also got the vibe that Eddie. It's funny that Van Halen's such a weird. There's a, you know, as much as the members of kiss are head cases and you could do a whole psychology class on them. Van Halen's right up there with them. And right. I, I think Eddie also didn't like to say no to people. Um, I think he probably told a few people that they were the guy just cause it was more comfortable to say that than to say, no, nah, you're not right for the band, you know? Right. And maybe, maybe Mitch did get close, but I don't know. Even if you take Mitch's story at face value that, you know, he thinks he's in the band and then Ross shows up on stage and on the MTV music awards. I mean, I, I get feeling upset over that, but at the same time, he in his story, he says that he contacted Van Halen management and told them himself, I'm out. I won't do it. So, <laughs> so you're saying you quit the band before they even came and said, Dave's back in the band. Right. Well, whose fault is that? That's your fault. Yeah. You know, but have you ever heard Eddie Van Halen or Alex Van Halen or Michael Anthony say one word about Mitch Malloy ever? Never. No. So I don't, I don't really buy it. And like I said, it it feels sleazy that he's, that he's capitalizing on Van Halen now. And and the other thing too, is if he had such a strong, like place in the band or he left such a lasting impression. Why would have they gone with, uh, you know, why did they go with Gary after or with Jerry Sharon afterwards, you know? Well, and I, I and I liked, I like Gary Sharon as a singer, but yeah. obviously the record they did was terrible. Um, honestly, they probably would have done a better record with Mitch as the singer, to be honest. He, he probably would have been a better fit than Gary was, but either that, I don't know though, but like, because when I heard the Van Halen three record, I was like, this sounds like Van Halen trying to make an extreme record is what it sounded like to me. Right. So I, I think Gary had more influence on that record than he lets on. Um, I think there were two really good songs off of that. And the rest just, I mean, I think the two singles were the best two songs off of that yeah. without a doubt, without you and fire in a hole or the oh, two easily. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's nothing really redeemable about that record. So I, you know, it might have worked out better with Mitch. I don't know, but I don't know. But go to go ahead, Mitch Malloy's Van Halen. I mean, this is as bad as this is worse than when Blotzer did it with the rat name. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, at least Blotzer actually played in Rat. Right. But yeah, that's <laughs> the drummer. I mean, come on. Last thing, one mm-hmm. voice that could fit great white but will but it will never happen who do i think would fit great white yeah i'll i'll say who i think would fit okay Uh, i i'm the only guy that i could think of that comes to mind uh would be mark slaughter hmm 
I, I don't know that I could hear him working with great. What? Well, maybe. I don't know. I, I don't know about working with them, but doing justice to the old to the song, huh? To the maybe songs, to the Jack Russell songs. I'll give you one. He. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was to say because I do think that up until that last Jack Russell album, they they mm. were still putting out good stuff. Uh, they yeah. they they're a band that and and you can tell from the albums that they've done without him mm-hmm. and the albums that and the album that Jack did. Jack's album, the the studio album that has all original material has two really good songs on it. That yeah. That were like, yeah, this is great white. Right. And then you listen to the stuff that they did with Terry and it's like, mm-hmm. okay, musically they're kind of there, some right. of the songs, but they're just missing the melodies. They're missing like that extra flavoring that, that Jack added to the mix. Right. And they need one another. Unfortunately, it's one, one of these things we're probably never going to see it again, obviously, because yeah. they're not a rock and roll hall of fame caliber band. But yeah, there's not like a giant bigger payday if they get Jack back in the band. Right. That's that that's that's what I'm getting at. So I I mean, uh it's unfortunate. There's a lot of baggage there as well with everything that's happened between them, the stuff with the station, this you know, there's yeah. a lot. There's I'll tell lot. you I'll that. tell you one that comes to mind, not that he sounds like Jack, but I think he would have the right vocal tone to to pull it off and that would be nathan james from uh inglorious i think he could do it okay yeah he's got that bluesy kind of upper register vocal where i think he could he could pull off those songs i don't know but yeah mark might be able to do it back in the day you could have uh argued that even dave king could have been slotted in there i could see that too yeah but dave king no longer sings like that and no longer yeah. wants to sing like that. So kind of a moot point. Did you ever see the footage of uh, Janie Lane when he filled in for Jack on a few shows? No. He actually did pretty good on that material. It was uh, them playing little bitty clubs. It was kind of depressing to watch, but there's some, there's a few shows on YouTube of him singing for them and he, he pulled it off pretty good. <laughs> Janie's such an unfortunate story because I think that, he didn't get his due nowhere close to his due because he's going to be known for um, heaven and stuff like that. Like big power ballads, you know, the stuff that got him on MTV and like the image and stuff like that, as opposed to doggy dog, as opposed to stuff where he really showed that he was a really mature songwriter and singer. And I think that that, unfortunately led to his downfall as well. Um, But that doesn't surprise me because the guy could play, he was originally a drummer. He could play guitar. He could play the piano. He could write, he could write melodies. I think had he have not died, Mm -hmm. I think he would have made a shitload of money working in movies or on TV Mm -hmm. or stuff like that, because he was one of these guys that when they talk about, in sports about like a five tool talent. Yeah. He was he, that guy. He was that guy. And unfortunately the pressure of not being able to be on top anymore, the pressure of not being known for what he wanted to be known for. Yeah. You know, 
there was a series of things where, you know, had that not have happened, I think, because he died, what, 15 years ago at this point? It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I think had he have been around maybe five years after when he died, it would have been a completely different, different thing. Look at Kip Winger now, how yeah. he's completely reinvented himself and he's a, he's a serious composer and he's done a lot of soundtrack stuff and he's, he's done all this stuff. And Winger is now his side gig, you know? Yeah. So I, I could have seen something like that definitely with, with Janie as well, but. Absolutely. Anyway, um, I want to thank you for, for coming on. Uh, oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, I, I, I stretched our time out here. That's to the max. We're, we're a rubber band here about to break. Um, anyway, I want to thank uh, Brad, who was in the chat. And I want to thank Jose, who was in the chat as well. And anyone else who's got to watch this live or is watching or listening to the replay. Thanks for spending time with uh, me and Chris just shooting the shit here. And um, yeah, check out the uh, Rock and Pod Retreat. Check out decibel geek podcast mm-hmm. um we have to have aaron back on at some point so that so that when i go yeah it's actually him and not me uh <laughs> trying to throw those yes in there I'm, I'm, it's you know often duplicated but never replicated <laughs> so, um, uh anyway and as i always say before i end the show I mean this from the bottom of my heart. There's a million shows out there. You choose to spend some time with me, with Chris, and that means the world to me. So thank you. And we will see you next time right here on the Signals from Mars live stream, Mars Attacks podcast. See you, folks. See you. Thank you for listening to the Mars Attacks podcast. This concludes our show. 